0: Today, I've got a lesson for you today I am going to jump right into, and it's going to be entitled, for us, uh, You're One Thing for the New Year. You're One Thing for the New Year. Now, I know that, you know, when the New Year comes, it's easy to write a list of the many things that we want to accomplish. We all do it. You know, I write all this stuff down, and these are things I want to do, and, and then sometimes I look at it and say, well, that's not going to happen in this lifetime, I remember a couple of years ago, it was really wonderful. Debbie and I had prayed about and sat down. We took a dry right board in my office, and we wrote down 19 big items that we said we want to do before the end of the year. And we would work on that throughout the year. And by the end of that year, we had accomplished all 19 that we would have never done before. And it was huge. And um, and so the, I believe if you, you'll never hit a goal you don't see. So you've got to put it in writing or put it out in front of you. And, um, and so it's important to have goals, but sometimes you get overwhelmed with so many things. And so today I want to just give you one thing that you can do. You, you'll pick the one. I'll give you several options, but you pick the one you want, and it really can make a difference. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the reason I say that is because it's a biblical concept. I'll give you a couple of Bible verses along that line. Psalms 27, verse 4, David said, one thing I've desired of the Lord that I may dwell in his presence, and and that was his goal. Uh, Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, but reaching forward to those in front, in the book of Philippians. Jesus informed Martha one time, he said, Martha, you're, you're worried about a lot of things. He said, there's so many things, but there's only one thing that is necessary. And so he kept focusing on the one thing. The reason for that is because we all know a steadfast focus on one thing with the, with the ability to avoid the attraction of distraction, is what I call it, so you don't get distracted. But doing one thing, it will produce amazing results. you got to focus on that one thing. What, is the, what am I trying to do? I often tell my children when they were raised, and we have three wonderful sons that have grown and done well, And uh, they, would, they would say, Dad, you know, what should I do? What should I do with my life? And I'd say, I can't do that for you. I can't tell you what you're going to do for your life. If you try to live my vision, the fact is you'll burn out, you'll get tired, you'll be frustrated. you got to figure out what you want. I said, now, if you can figure out what you want, I will help you to get there. I'll I'll be resourceful. I'll use my my friends to to give you advice. I'll do everything I possibly can, but you got to figure out what it is you want. And I have a friend that years ago taught me that. I'd call him up, and he was a business guy, and he had 16,000 employees and didn't have much time, but he loved me. He'd always take my call. And it would sound abrupt if you didn't know him but the minute he answered the phone he would say hey bill what do you want and that's what he was, what do you want and one day in the conversation i said if you ever stopped and want to do like most of us do in the south you know just you know how's the family how was your year was? and then you can say oh by the way you called for something what can i do for you he said no i don't i don't do that i, I just say what do you want and then he said bill everybody wants something everybody wants something he said it doesn't have to be bad but everybody wants something. And he said, and the worst thing is that they can't figure out what they want. And he said, they leave it to you. But it's important that you figure out what you want. So I used to always think before I call somebody, what do I want? And let me figure that out in advance. It's very important to figure it out. Thomas Edison, by the way, the greatest skill he had was being single-minded. You know, we think about him. He, invi- he invented the light bulb. He invented the motion picture. He invented a phonograph. My wife got me one of those this year for Christmas. That was my gift. I opened it up and I got these old you know, Marshall Tucker, Doobie Brothers, Allman Brothers albums like they had in my day. And, uh, and so he, Thomas Edison invented a phonograph. He invented a dozen other things. He had 1,093 inventions and patents. And, and yet he was known for one thing, his focus. There was a big article written about him that he was nicknamed Single-Minded Tom Edison, it is of all the things you got on your mind to do. They say he could narrow down what he wanted and he would go after that one thing. And that's why in the end, he made such a difference. Um, Tom Kite, the U S you know golf champion, open champion. Uh, he said this one time, they asked him about his secret to being so consistent. He said, I never focus on the shot I just made. I never focus on the shot I'm going to make. He said, I zero in. There's only one shot in the world and that one shot is this one right here. This is the one. And that, that's his goal. Um, I, I say to you that for this reason. There's a, there's a statement I read the other day. at my, my nephew, I talked to him and wished him a, a, a Merry Christmas. And, and I haven't seen him in years. Surprised he still speaks to me. Um, when he was a little boy, he, I was left to babysit him. And he was just a child. And he was in the bathroom. And he kept calling me to come in there and help him. And I kept saying, your mother's on their way. She'll be here in a little while. And I left him in there for about two hours. And uh, he Uncle Bill, I, she's, she's on her way. And uh, he remembers that, and I remember that. So we, we don't talk a lot, but he loves me, I know. But he, he's, uh, he teaches up at Carnegie Mellon uh, College, which is a prestigious school. But there was a professor there that made this statement recently that caught my attention, and he said, did you see that? And I said, yes. He said, I thought you might like it. Uh, Herbert Simon said this, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. Now, what that means is this. It really means we have so much information now available to us by Internet and Google and all the other stuff that, um, that we, we can get distracted easily. Have you ever got on the computer and wanted to look up one thing before you knew it? You're looking up 10 others. You ever started trying to read something, all of a sudden you got the phone and you you start chasing that rabbit a few minutes later, you spent 20 minutes looking for something that should have taken one? And what he's saying is, it's so easy to get distracted and lose focus. So I want to give you today just a few things about the one thing, okay? I'll start first with the spiritual. When David said that about the one thing I desire of the Lord, uh, he said, I want to be in God's presence more than anything else. David's best songs were written when he was alone with God. David's best prayers were prayed when he was alone with God. Uh, you ever wonder, what would God do in our life if he were our single focus? If we said, I, I'm going to pursue my spiritual life. I want to do something this year that makes my life better than it's ever been. I, I've been doing things at this place, but I want to do it a little further. And, and I say, I wonder that if we tried that, what difference would it make? Let me give you the second one. Ask yourself this question. One thing I will change this year. What are you going to change this year? If things like fear, uh, you know, if things like fear have a tendency to dominate your life, why don't you say, decide this year, I'm going to figure out how to conquer fear. I'm going to learn how to conquer fear. I, I want to know what it is, and I want to address it. And, and by and large, most of the things we're afraid of either will never happen, or they're that, that's not that. To be afraid of, you know, it's, it's not as big as we made it. Our imagination makes it bigger. It may be a negative attitude. I know some people that bless their heart; they just can't open their mouth without it just being negative. You know, you see them coming. You know, there's certain people. There's a lot of those people. They say there's some people you love to see coming. There's some people you love to see going. And uh, and their negative attitude ought to be, if you've got that, say this year, the one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to change that. I'm going to get up every morning with a spirit of gratitude for everything around and. Grateful for the fact that I can get up. Maybe you want to change this. Maybe you got the wrong people in your life. Maybe there's some people in your life that you say, you know, I've tried, I've done everything I can. Uh, they're just not going to bank it in my inner circle anymore. You know, they, they're more of a deadbeat or drain. I remember one year when, when Pastor Brent was stepping into the role where I had been for so many years, I remember sitting down alone one day and I said, Now, Lord, how do I help Brent to, to pave the road? And then I I thought of something. It's like the Holy Spirit just gave it to me, but but I thought, now listen, if I were walking into this place at this time, and most of you know the outside. You might not see the inner workings, but I said, if I were walking at this time and it was my first day, if I had some old issues that needed to be addressed or old problems that ought to be solved or some people in places that needed to be changed, don't leave them there for him to clean up my mess. Clean it up before he gets here. The problem is he's going to inherit, let him inherit his own, but not mine. And I had one or two people that most of you don't know about, a few of you do because you're on boards. I had one or two people that were powerful, but very negative and, and always undermining everything everybody did. And I'd let them be in place for a long time. But I remember sitting there thinking, if Brent's going to get this, he don't need to deal with my problems. And so I went to each of those board members and, and told them to resign. I started to say, asked them, I didn't, but I, but I got them to resign. And I did it for a reason. I didn't want Brett to have to face that. I could handle that. I had been through that. He's going to get his own in time. But I want to make sure that he walked in with it clean so that whatever he does, he can do freely. Some of you may be in a position where you're working and you're, maybe you're an employer. And you got people around you that you're saying, you know, all last year I just had to, I had to carry them. All last year I had to put up with that. Do you, do you want to do it the next year? This may be the time to say, okay, let's fix that. Let's go ahead and change that. It's kind of like the guy one time was golfing, and they said he was out there golfing, and he loved golf, and his friend John died, and so he died on the third hole. And so when it was over, they were back at the courthouse, uh, back at the clubhouse, and somebody said, I I feel so bad. It had to be hard on you. John died on the third hole? He said, oh, yeah. He said, it was hard on me. He said, I had hit the ball, drag John. Hit the ball, drag John that's a man that loves golf. Now, I don't think you need to be dragging anybody your next year, okay? Next year decide how do I fix that. Maybe it's a habit that limits you. Some habit in your life, you say, How can I, I wanna change that this year? I want to make it different. I, I don't want to stay in the same place, or a lack of discipline, or something that needs changing or attention. So ask yourself the question: what one change will I make this year? And you don't have to do it now, but write it out, think about it. Sometimes today say, I want to figure out what One little thing can I do, that little change, that little tweak, that's going to make a big difference. And, uh, you know, a statement I've made for years, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. So you've got to make that change. The third thing, one thing I want to experience. what's What's the one thing you want to experience this year? Is there anything in your life you say, I want to try that. This is what I want to do. My wife and I, about two years ago, three years ago, just before COVID came, we were sitting and talking, and I had gone to Alaska to speak to a lot of leaders up there, and I didn't know anything about Alaska, but man, when I was there, they took me around, and I got to see all these animals and things, and the, 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 it was impressive, the glaciers and all, and I came back home, and I said, Debbie, you got to go with me to Alaska. She said, I don't want to go in the cold Alaska. She's a beach girl. She's raised in Florida. She said, it's not warm enough for me, and I said, honey... You got to go, you'll love it. And so we took a Disney cruise to Alaska, one of the last ones before COVID ever came. Turned out to be one of the best experiences we ever had. I remember the whole way up there, she's saying, it's freezing cold, what are we? I'm not quite sure, if that, where's the beach? And, uh, and when we got there, the next thing I know, she's watching whales and we're going through all the, the experiences and, and seeing the glaciers. And she's saying, I would stay another week. This was fabulous. But it wouldn't have done it had we not decided... What's the one thing we want to experience that we never did before? And so ask yourself that. Some of you may be, what, what do I want to experience? I want to be the top salesman just one month. You know, I work for a company that I, I either get the most clients or I get to be top salesman. You ever thought about just trying to get it once, one time? You don't have to try for the year. Just try for one, one month. Just say, I want to do it this month with all I've got and just see where it takes me. Uh, is there a place you want to visit? Is there a person you want to meet? I remember back in, and I, I did this lesson similar to this in 2012, and I knew it when I was doing my notes, and I saw it. And um, I remember thinking then, there was a man that he knew me and I knew him, but we, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't close to each other. I knew him by name only. He knew me by, by name only. And we would pass each other at certain conventions. And somewhere in my spirit, I just thought, I'm not going to be benefited much and grow as much until I get connected with him. I need to know some of the things he knows. And so as much as I don't ever want to bother or impose, I just said, I'm going to set a goal. And as hard as it was, I said, I'm going to call him. And I made that one name, that one person, so I'm going to give him a call. And I called him. And he was glad to take my call. And we began a conversation. Next thing you know, we got together. And for these last 10 years now, we've had a great relationship. And I've grown probably more than he has. But it was just because... One day I said, who am I going to call this year that will make a difference? Well, what one phone call would change your life? Well, what one connection with someone would be beneficial for you? So decide, it's a new year, why stay where I am? Let me make that one call. Let me find that one friend. Let me make that one effort and try to make that. Maybe it's a, a skill that, uh, that you want to develop or learn, and you've never done it before, but you want to do that. I told a grandfather the other day, he said uh, he had a grandchild and uh, he said, my grandson wants to learn to play guitar. And you know, I want to try to help him with playing the guitar. And, and he said, uh, he, said I, he said, I don't know what to do. I'll have to listen to all that music. I said, have you ever wanted to play the guitar? He said, yeah, I've always wanted to. And I said, well, have you thought about, it? he said, man, I'm in my sixties. I said, it doesn't matter. If your grandson wants to, why don't y'all take lessons together? The next thing you know, he's asking his grandson. He said, Bill, that was a great idea. The two of us are going to take lessons together. Now, you know who's going to be better. The kids going to outplay him. But, but there's one experience that at the end of a year, he'll not only have a memory with a learning uh, a skill with his grandson and bonding there, but he will have learned a skill and he and his grandson both have a memory. It'll make him better. What is the, the one skill you want to learn this year? Some of you may want to learn to play golf or play tennis or you may want to go to a gym and say, let me just learn some things. You don't have to do a lot. Do the one thing. Find the one thing. Uh, Maybe it's something you want to volunteer for. You say, I've never done that before, but I, I want to do that. I want to put my time and my life into investing and helping somebody else. Or a relationship you want to deepen. I have a friend who has nothing. He's got all the money you could imagine. He has nobody in his life. No one. I'm not the only friend he's got. And so I make it occasions about every three or four weeks. I call him. Sometimes I go visit him. We'll sit on his porch and 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 I, I sit with a guy that's got the world but nothing. And and we just, I, I, I learn more just listening to his background. He's telling me things he's never told anybody. And and the more I walk away from that, the more I say, good night. I, I'm growing just just in the relationship. And so I'm saying, there may be a relationship you want to deepen. Maybe you love somebody today, but you don't really know a lot about them. My wife and I got on this thing the uh, last year where they sent us They'll send you questions every day. They'll send you a new question on email and you answer the question of what was your childhood like? Who is your best boss? Who's your best friend in school? And you write it all out. At the end of the year, they created a book for us for Christmas. About three or four hours ago, I actually walked by and I saw Debbie's book and I would not read it. I picked it up and started reading it. I started reading to that book about your best friend in school and what was your best memory in third grade? When was the first time you ever got in trouble? I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. Um, there was one page that really got, page 47 was something like, who is the person you admire the most? And I thought, yeah, I want to see that. And it was me. And I said, oh, come on. And she had all these nice, none of it's true, but, it, but I liked it. And, and I thought, unbelievable, Debbie, you saw things in me I didn't see. And so what I said, you may have a deeper relationship with somebody around you. And, and the way to do that is ask the questions. You'll be amazed. I, have all, I tell preachers this all the time. They're always looking at some big green pasture. I said, no, no, no. There's gold in them, their pews, okay? Those people out there have experiences. They have a background. They may not come up and tell you, but as you get to know them, they'll tell you about some of their life journey. It'll be better than anything you'll ever get from a book from somebody you don't know. There are people all around us that have experiences that we can grow from. And so the question is, what one thing do I want to experience this year? Now, let me remind you, all experiences begin with action. You got to execute there's a difference between those that uh, dream and those that do, okay? And the difference is action. So, as much as you say, man, I, I wanna lose weight, I wanna lose weight, well, the best way to do that is find that partner, hold you accountable, or go to that gym or do something. You gotta find that one thing and you gotta take some type of action. So, ask yourself, what, what do I wanna experience in 2023? Number four, what's the one thing I want to release? If you're mountain climbing, they teach you that the higher you go, the more you have to drop off stuff because it gets heavier and you may not need it. So the further you start with a big bag, but by the time you get to the top, you don't have as much. And and so the goal is I've got to release some things. Some of you for 2023, why don't you do this? Maybe it's a hurt that haunts you. Maybe there's some hurt in your past that it's just been for you, that pain, and and you live through it and you've looked back at it. And why don't you say, 2023, I'm letting it go. Okay, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I, I'm done with it. Uh, it's a, maybe it's a past that you can't get past. You made a failure. You messed up somewhere, and you can't forget it. Why don't you forget it and move on, okay? Nobody else is looking at you that way, so quit looking at yourself that way. A uh, Forgiveness, you need to give. Maybe you've been holding something against somebody wanting them to get payback, and, and you keep waiting for their day to come. Uh, I... I have a friend who was done wrong, wrong by somebody else recent a couple of years ago. Very wrong. And um, he's never been bitter. And uh, just this week, the person that hurt him has now been accused of murdering someone. And um, and other people said, I bet he's glad of that. He's not. I know him. He forgave him a long time ago. I promise you, he probably grieves over that person that hurt him. Even though that person now is getting payback or karma, I guarantee you my friend is not gloating in that. And so it may be a forgiveness you got to give. You say, okay, that person wronged me. They hurt me. They they scarred my life. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not carrying them with me anymore. This is 2023. It's a new day. I'm not taking them on vacation with me and thinking about them. I'm not thinking about them during my best times of my life. I'm not going to let them chain me back to that past in that moment. Today's the day I'm going to forgive and I'm going to move on. And so think of the one thing you got to release. And, and by the way, if, you, if there's no release, you'll remain the same or get worse. And so don't nurse it or rehearse it. Learn to let go. And so ask yourself the question, what one thing could I release? And then here's a, another one. Number five is one promise you need to believe. I believe everybody needs to believe something. If you, if you don't believe it, you won't stand in there and stick with it when the storms come. You got to believe. If there's something you really believe in, you will stand when nobody else does. You will be strong or inconsistent when everybody else is waffling. And so the secret's going to be, what do I really, really believe? And if I can do that, then I've got to ask myself, what, what promises? Now, I say this because, uh, you know, the Bible, God's filled the Bible with 100 promises for us. I mean, they're everywhere. Claim one, just claim one. You don't have to claim a lot. Claim one. I heard a story years ago about a man who was called to go and see his uh, his his uh, mother who had died, and um, and the guy said, uh, "Okay, I'll I'll go see her." He said, "I you know I, I'll I'll go do the funeral, but I'm just shocked that my mother has died." So he when he got there, he found she had died from malnutrition. She had been eating dog food and all kinds of things. Just died of starvation, and he couldn't understand it. And he said to her neighbor, he said, I I sent her every month $400 in a money order, $400 every month. And he said, there's no reason she couldn't eat. And the neighbor said, is that what those were, money orders? And he said, yes. She said, oh, they're all pinned to her wall. And the inside of her closet, she had pinned all of them. She said, these were notes from my son, And she would pin them up, never knowing that they were cash to be used. And It reminds me sometimes about a Bible that we have that's filled with promises for you. The love of God and the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the mercy of God. Claim one of them. (laughs) Grab a promise and and claim it. Live by that promise. I believe that our future could be better if we'd hold on to that. So as we begin a new year, figure out the one thing you want to do. I'm going to close with this illustration I think you'll like. Um, You can Google it. It's funny. Uh, It's hilarious. We call it Lawn Chair Larry, okay? You've never heard of Lawn Chair Larry. Let me tell you about this guy. Larry Walters, on July the 2nd, 1982, decided to make his dream come true. All of his life, Larry wanted to be a pilot, and uh, he, he tried out at the Air Force, but his eyesight was not good. And Larry would sit around and think about the one thing he wanted to do all of his life was to fly. And so one day, Larry got uh, a notion to do something kind of funny. He uh, he went down and he bought 45 helium-filled balloons. And he took a lounge chair and he tied the, the balloons to the lounge chair, but he tied the chair to his Jeep. And so he has 45 helium balloons filled up in the lounge chair. And then he takes a little uh, igloo bucket, and he puts sandwiches and beer in there. I guess he's planning on having a party. And um, then he gets a pellet gun. Now, in Larry's mind, he tells his friends, now, you cut the cord, the rope, to the Jeep, and I will, I will sail up in the air, and then I will shoot out with the pellet gun any of the balloons as I, as I want to guide and as I want to come down. And it all sounded good on paper. Larry sits in a chair strapped with balloons. He's got himself strapped in, and all of a sudden, his friend cuts the, the rope. When he cuts the rope, Larry doesn't glide or float up in the air. He shoots immediately 16,000 feet in the air. And then he winds up going much higher than that. And then the wind moves him, and he winds up being caught in the flight path of the Los Angeles International Airport. And so Larry, can you, and by the way, he was reported by two uh, two uh, large commercial jetliners as having seen him. Now, can you imagine flying in a plane and you look out the window and there's some idiot in a lounge chair with balloons and he's pumping a pellet gun. <laughs> and finally, finally, he flew it, it, that thing took off. It went like 50 miles the other way, and, you know, the pilots are reporting it, and the air traffic controllers are talking about it, and they don't know what to do with it. Finally, he lands out in the field. First, he gets tied up in some power lines, and then he lands out in the field. And when they came to him, now, he later learned to develop a speech and went around the country giving speeches about his flight. But his instant, his first response when they came up to him, apparently he'd been drinking quite a bit, was scared. They said, what, what were you doing? What was it like? And he said, it was something. <laughs> That's all. It was something. That's all he said. And then he said, they said, why did you do that? He said, I've been thinking about it all my life. And I just decided, you know, you can think about it or you can just finally one day just do it. So I just acted on it. I just did it. So I say to you today kind of the same thing. You got some ideas, some goals, some things you want to shoot at. Why don't you do like Larry? Just decide, you know, why waste another moment? I've got it down to what I'm going to release, what I'm going to go after, what, what goal I have, what I want to experience, whatever it is. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to act on it, and I'm going to do it. And I believe if you do, I think you'll come back at the end of the year saying, sure was glad I did that. So my goal to you today is figure the one thing and go after that.